this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. Which makes me comfortable for Christ. And those who are sitting in the back, you know how I feel, draw close. Come sit amongst the people, they don't bite. And so when opening up, Father God, even as I come before you to deliver your word, I lay aside my own agenda. I lay aside everything that I would think of saying or doing. And I look to you. Lord, Let me fixate my eyes on you and never cease from looking at you. And as I fixate my eyes on you, I'm sure you're going to show me the way. Not only the way, but the ways in how you see things. and how you have planned things from the beginning. And so I pray for your body even now that they would turn from their way of thinking and align themselves with you. In Christ Jesus' name I pray. We're in John 5. But John 5. But before I get there, I want to just talk a little bit about me with the hopes that you see you. And then speaking a little bit about me, I'm hoping that you stop to really come to a place of understanding of what's most important in God's eyes. You know, there's many times we cry out to God and we ask for certain things here or there. And every once in a while we ask for godly things, but most of the times we're asking for other stuff. And in us asking for other stuff, a lot of times we don't really get the other stuff or we get it and it it, it seems like it comes and it goes. And, and I used to always wonder why it came and go, but now I think today I understand it. And I can recall years past coming in agreement and are praying for somebody for vehicles. And they would get the vehicle and then all of a sudden it would be repossessed. 
And I would be like, Lord, what happened here? Did I do something wrong? Did I not pray the right prayer? And I never really got the answer. Because when the vehicle would leave, I would think, was my agreement off? Did they do something wrong? Did they not hear right? And then after a while, I'll forget about it and go on about my business, never to consider it again. But then when it happened again, I would say, here we go again, Lord. What happened here? And I never really got answers to it. But let me take you a little bit further because I need you to see what he showed me with the hopes that it'll have the same effect on you as it has on me. I reached out to many of you guys and asked you to pray for my nephew, my great nephew. And asking you to pray for my great nephew, he was born ahead of time in our eyes. But he wasn't born ahead of time in God's eyes. He was born at the right time in God's eyes. And he wasn't fully developed when he came forth. And so there was complications. First thing started with his heart. And so I sent out a message of prayer to many of you. Please pray for him. At that particular time, I was positioning the Lord for a miracle. And I was believing that the child would walk the earth. And, and I defined my prayer to that extent. Let him walk on this earth. You understand? Because I, I got a little bit smarter because you can say, Lord, for the miracle, and they never walk on the earth, but I asked for him to walk upon this earth to see the days that we see. And things begin to change. I went to see the baby, and I didn't hear anything as I sat in front of the baby, and the main reason why I didn't hear anything because the parent wasn't asking questions. And I could see just a beautiful baby in an incubator living out his time. He was kicking, he was moving, and he was a baby, one pal, little tiny, tiny, beautiful baby. I walked away from there believing that God would speak to me regarding whether or not this child would survive because a lot of times he talks to me and he tells me things about people and about things, about situations, and he gives me insight. I don't know if I was looking deeply for the insight, and I don't know if I wasn't looking deep enough for the insight. It probably would have been there if I had a dug deeper, but I 
I don't know if I chose to dig deeper because I was hopeful. And in walking in a place of hopeful, I'm going somewhere, you guys. I then heard the second news after I told her to ask questions. I said, when a doctor walks in a room, you are to ask questions. You don't let a doctor walk in and out of the room. That is your time to ask questions to get insight. Well, she got insight. And she called me and said that he had flu in his, in his lungs and one of the lungs would collapse. I said, hmm, Lord, I have fluid in my lungs and I've heard of a collapsed lung. I know you can fix that. And I wasn't concerned about anything because I knew all he had to do was survive and get a little bit bigger that they could perform the surgery that is necessary to bring the change. I really want to make sure that you guys heard what I said. They can perform the surgery that is necessary to bring the change. As I continue to move forward, I don't know, I was just heavily in my word, heavily in looking at the things of God. And it seems like I was in the same place and I just was trying to get out of the same place of scripture. I was still looking at water turned into wine, which most of you guys understood, but I was also looking at the pool of Bethesda. And in looking at that pool, I was looking at two situations that really was speaking to me at the same time, and the Lord was heavily speaking to me in both areas. To the extent I was fixated on these two words, these two passages, and I just couldn't understand, and so many times we get so fixated on things, hear what I'm saying. And in getting fixated on things, we begin to look at things from our perspective and not really taking into consideration what Jesus really wants to do. We act as if we are the mother of Jesus and we start dictating to him how we want things to roll. Lord, fix this child, bring a miracle, cause things to come in order. But even in that scripture where he aligns and sets the woman straight, which makes me look at the Catholic religion to so much now. Because of the various fact that he calls her woman. He takes her out of the position of authority of being mom. And he puts her in a position of a woman just like you and I. And in putting her in her rightful position, he's literally saying, you're no longer dictating here. You're no longer dictating here. And at this particular point, she has to submit. And she no longer can call the shots. And the only reason why he moved forward in that because he checked with the father and the father said, go ahead and do it. It wasn't her words that got him to move. And so that lets me know that it's not always my words that gets him to move. It has to align with the will of the Father. 
and it has to be decent and in order. Yes. It's not about what we want, what we desire. It has to be the will itself, yes. what he wants. And so when me praying for this child, I rarely sent out a 411 to people because I figured I got it, okay? I know how to pray, I know what to pray, and I got it, and I'm not gonna burden the people to pray. But in this one, I don't know why, but I sent out a 411. I guess I was believing. And I was believing that he would walk the earth. But God had his own plan and had his own agenda. And I just so happened because I was so heavily in the word and in the spirit, it, it just felt weird me asking for something. Hear what I'm saying? When I've been in a position all this time, seeking my own will and desire, and in the place where I was seeking my own will and desire, I found myself in the position that I could no longer be in that position. Because all it does is trouble my spirit when it doesn't occur in accordance to what I desire. And so as I'm looking at this, the Lord literally said to me, and I'm asking him to share his words with me this, that walk me. He said, you've been in my role. Yes. Yes. And you believe your decisions are the best. And he says, and now I want you to stop and assess your decisions. He says, for my desire is to do the works of the Father. But your desire is for me to do the works of you. Wow, that moves you, right? He said, you must stop and assess who's leading at this time. Is it me or you? And as you assess, find your role. Find the position you must stand in. And he said, because it can no longer be that you're dictating. You are a woman and you must know your place. And just like a man must know his place too. And in you knowing your place, you'll know how to move and ever flow with me. I said, oh, wow, Lord, I got that. I can't call the shots anymore. 
And if I really stop to think, he may have answered here or there, but for the most part, he didn't answer. Right. And the funny part about it, he didn't answer, but I still was calling it yeah. as if he was answering. Mm -hmm. But I never stopped to look. He ain't answering. And I just kept calling the shots. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And the Lord took me and showed me even how I would call the shots in my own house. My kids wouldn't hear me. When I get back, y'all better do this. They just start moving until I really meant it. And most of us don't even move until you really see action behind the words. And if there's no action behind the words, you don't even move. But we ain't even smart enough to see that half of the time that we've called the shots, there's no action behind the words. Because he don't move when we want him to move. Get it? I can't say, you better do this, Lord. You better get this in order. Go over there and heal that woman and bring that woman back in order for me. Better at raise this child so this child may walk on this earth. But I never stopped to assess. Then he moves me from there and he says, I want you to go to this pool. And I want you to fixate your eyes on this pool and really pay attention to what's happening in this particular place. And in paying attention to what's happening in this particular place is so important that you stop to look at it. So I look at this pool. Jesus comes walking in and he goes to the man that's paralyzed. You would think Jesus walk in and everybody in that pool arena is running to grab a hold or touch him in some fashion because you heard all the calamity outside. And you could not tell me the people that at this pool did not hear the stuff that was going on outside. They couldn't be sitting there. Somebody had to come to deliver a message. But the Lord in return shows me they're so fixated on this one way of being healed that they don't see the healer himself. And sometimes we're so fixated on one way of God doing something that you don't see he can do other things in other ways. I say it to you like this. I'm standing outside talking to the gentleman that I greet all the time because I hadn't seen him. And for some reason, he's always looking good in the same clothes. And so as I'm speaking to him, he says, you know, the lottery is at da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. When I get this, I'm going to get you a building, da 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 now, ever since I met him, he's been fixated on gaining resources that way. And some of us are so fixated on gaining things that way that we don't see the way that God can move. Yeah. Yeah. And 
We don't even recognize it in the skipped scripture. He spoke a word to one and they were healed. He laid hands on another and they were healed. He told somebody to go wash in the pool and they were healed. Better yet, he literally said somebody was asleep, but yet they were healed. He resurrected another. There's so many different ways that God has moved that we don't even see. But we're so fixated on this way. And when somebody gets ahead of us, we get annoyed. Let somebody get a blessing before us. We are annoyed at God. Lord, she got a promotion before me. Because we're so fixated on, if I do this, I'll get this. If I do this, I'll get that. If I do this, I'll get this or did get that. And because we're so fixated on this, we don't even see the miracle working God as he was supposed to see him. And he says to me, your agendas must cease. Let not see again. He says, I'm, not, I'm no longer moving your way. He said, you belong to me. It's not the opposite way. Where he belongs to us. And so because he belongs to us, we can dictate and call out and tell him what to do. We are out of order in our relationship. How dare us ask for something when we don't even honor him himself? How dare we place our agendas ahead of him and, and we don't see that he's valuable more than our agenda? When I got this message, I was like rock to the core that I was in a place that I, could, I was in tears because I could see myself dictating and telling him what to do and having an expectancy that he do what I tell him. Yes. Go over there and fix this one. Go over there and restore this one. Go ahead and heal this one. Who am I to tell the King of King, Lord of Lord, what to do? Go to court and fix this. Make everything fall in my favor. That's not our Lord. That's not the one we serve. Because he's going to do everything that's decently decent and in order. Not our order. We say decent and in order means my way. And he's trying to tell us that. Because I never got, why did I see somebody get a vehicle and then it went, got another vehicle? Because they only want the vehicle so it didn't sustain itself. They didn't want God. 
And now I understand. They didn't want God. They wanted the vehicle. So they just wanted to use him as the vehicle to get their desires. And that's what we want, to use him as the vehicle to get our desires. We don't want him. And some of us use each other as a vehicle to get our desires. We don't really want the person. We want our desires. It's just another form of manipulating the system. He said, do you not see I'm worth much more? Do you not see it's, I'm more valuable than what you see? And you must change the way you're interacting with me. Lord even showed me in situations where I'm pushing other people out of the way to get what I desire. Lay hands on me. Touch me, Lord. And mad because others were touched and I didn't get touched. When, when I already know the vehicle. As if I missed something. Because my agenda had to go forward first. And even if I got it, I wouldn't use it. Because that's not what I really wanted. Because I don't know what I want. We just want miracles. We don't care what they look like, as long as they're miracles. Our agendas. And, and, and he broke it down so clearly to me. He made absolutely sure. How can somebody sit 34 years in a place? Because that's the only way that that person thought that they could be healed. And some of us have been sitting in the same place because we think that's the only way. We just think that's the only way that God can move. That's the only way that God could do things. We cut him out for anything else. We're looking for a miracle, but we're not open to miracles. Because when we close off, we're not open to miracles. But we will ask for one. Holy Spirit just said to me, desperate need turns into desperate measures. He said, what do I mean by that? You don't care who's at stake as long as you get what you want. He wants all to receive. So yesterday, 
we're sitting at this hospital. And this is the first time I, I think in some sense, I'm not pleading for what I want. I came to the fact where I said, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. But I'm hopeful, but I'm not forcing my decisions. Because I know at this particular point, the child is not God's focus. The saving of this child is not God's focus. It's the saving of everybody else that's still here. And so I'm sitting, I get there early, I follow God's instructions, the guy gets filled with the Holy Spirit. I work to bring my niece up to speed to get her to hear for herself, hoping that they focus in not on us for the miracle, but on God. And so God says to me to tell the woman, you're looking for me to say something when you need to look at God to hear what he say. You're banking on what I'm going to say and not banking on what my Lord's going to say. He trumps me. So whatever I say doesn't mean nothing compared to what he said. Your relationship is with me is earthly. But you need that relationship with him. And I said, so if I say something in this arena, then you forever be fixated on me and you'll never turn to your Lord. So I have no voice here. I didn't come to give you God's verdict because that's not my job. My job is to point you to him so that you can have a relationship with him because when this is said and done, you're going to need him yes. both ways. Yes. I say this. And then I hear everybody else praying for that same miracle. And I said, that's not the place we're supposed to be in. I go in the back and I'm praying to see this child because she's telling me that his facial conditions have changed and he doesn't look hopeful anymore. I go in and I can see like death setting in. And as I'm looking and I can see death setting in, I'm like, Only you could save this. But I still have no words. What do you want me to do? He literally says, I want you to go back outside and I want you to gather the team and pray. I go back and I tell my family members, team, we got to gather and we got to pray. And I said, and these people that's in this waiting room with us have to be grafted in as well. They look at that as impossible. I look at that as an opportunity for God. So they begin to say, you want to pray for them? And I said, yeah, we're going to pray. So I close the door because I'm closing out unbelief. And I, in return, 
walk over to the people and say, hey, will you guys pray? They all jump up and they say, of course. We're in a circle praying. God says to me, open your eyes. Well, I open my eyes and I see the elevator on the other side of me. I knew then that I was supposed to graft in everybody that touches that elevator. I close the circle, get the other people to say. I go towards the elevator. Looked like less than every five minutes they were coming. And all I had to say was, Would, we're praying in this room, would you pray? Do you want prayer? They start coming and it didn't stop. It didn't stop. To whereby those who were praying got tired. They got tired because it was so many coming. And as I began to look at it, I said, oh my God, Lord. But see, we pray when we have our own needs. We pray when we want God to fixate his attention on us and bring forth that miracle. But when we get what we want. We don't want to help others. Yeah. We're done. We prayed so long that we didn't have time to get caught up in ourselves. And so by the time the report came, we didn't have time to be in sorrow and crying because it had already took place. The child was already on his way out. They call the family in for the last words and whatever, do whatever they need to do. I find myself in and out of the room, but I knew I was supposed to be with the people there because every single one of them, their child was leaving. Get it? Because it was never about the child, it was about each and every one of them. And they had to look beyond where they were and stop pleading for their will. And that's where we have to look beyond where we are because crisis is crisis for us. God, fix it. Fix it now. Do what we need you to do because we need a miracle. Scripture talks about people just wanting signs and miracles and just following him for that particular reason. He even says in the scripture that that's what some of you guys are looking for. But he's looking for people that would do the works of God. And so when I brought in the next crowd of people, they were like, we tired. God ain't tired. God ain't tired. And they said to me, you pray for him. I said, okay. Did not you see everything he brought forth? So I bring scripture in this. Who's my reader?
All you gotta do is read about the pool because that's sufficient. A pool of Bethesda in five. John five. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool which, call, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting um, for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Let me stop right there. I need you guys to look at that pool. And I need you to see in the spirit. I need you guys to look at the pool. And I need you guys to look at the number of people that possibly could be there. How people trampled over others to get there. Okay? You see it at concerts. You see it in a host of places where they open the door and everybody get to running. And people don't care about the other people. It's all about my. You getting what you desire. And so the one that gets in the center gets the greatest. Everybody else get the other bubbles. It doesn't mean that they got the full effect. They got a portion of effect that when you get a portion of something, you don't have the full thing. And so it doesn't survive, right? And so it's the one that the scripture says, the one that gets in first. Okay? So it's not everybody is here. It's, it's just like the woman that throws out the bouquet at the end of the wedding ceremony and every woman dives in to try to get it. It's not the one that gets a piece of the flower that takes the picture. It's the one that holds the bouquet even if there's no flowers on it. That's the one that takes the prize. Because I've seen it where there's no flowers on it. Because it, it's such a fight that they fight so hard to be that one. And all you after is to have a picture in their album. Because most likely, you are not going to be the next bride. Do you get it? It doesn't work that way. And many of us think life works that way. A simple catch gets me the man. And now it's so sad, it's the simple catch gets me the, the, the girl. Because guys run after it now too. Yes. Okay. Oh, you didn't forget. <laughs> There's two parts to that ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> There's two parts to that ceremony, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Praise be to God. 
wake up. <laughs> and so in that, that's how we look with God. You're not getting a miracle. You ain't even after the bride. You're after your own will. And so if you really stop to look at what God is showing you here, and, and, and if you really read it kind of slow, you could see a whole bunch of this. Go a little bit slower. John 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. Five porches. That means people walk all over, because there was many ways in. And, and I want to make sure that you understand, if there was many ways in, that means people were standing, peeking, checking to see if it was water. Some of them wasn't even laying down. You know how we do, right? Okay, I sit in my car and wait for the line, okay? And I know I'm the first in the parking lot. You better not get in front of me. <laughs> and if I see you trying to get out your car, do you hear me? I'm going to get out my car and say, Psh! okay? And those who sitting around, do you hear what I'm saying? You sitting around, you look like you going to the same place, so I'm going to beat you. <laughs> Which is correct. So I already got my eye in on the prize. Because it's about, about what I want. I ain't going to help nobody in. Because it's about me. And in this, God wants you to help others in. Exactly. Verse 3. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. But, but look, they're all looking at the water. They can't look at anything. Don't talk to me. But, but I really want to make sure that you guys look at it from another perspective because sometimes you fixated on your situation so bad that you don't see that your freedom is outside of your fixation. And some of you guys are so fixated even on hopelessness, what you don't have, and that's what you're calling out and thinking you're going to get a miracle in your hopelessness. It's not going to happen. You're going to still be fixated on it when you leave here. Because if you don't get up and do something about your situation, you're going to still be in the same thing. So what I'm literally saying, you can't fixate your eyes on what went wrong in your life. Amen. When he's the redeemer. And you can't think it's going to come your way for change. If he's the redeemer. Well, Lord, I'm just waiting on you to do it this way, and then when you do it this way, things are going to change. God has many ways of doing things, even though he's writing his word. There's many ways for you to see things. 
You can look at this scripture over and over and each time you get a different revelation and understanding of it depending on how willing are you to hear the word. We heard it in other ways because we weren't ready to hear it this way. And now that you're ready to hear it this way, he's literally saying, get out of my seat. We had literally taken the word where he says we're going to rule and reign with him to whereby let us rule, Lord, now. And so we don't allow him to rule and reign because we're ruling and reigning ourselves. And then we dictate to him what it should be done in our lives and the lives of others. Who have made you God? I see myself throughout this whole scripture and it just brought me to tears because I could see myself telling him what to do. Even in my children's life, I was telling him what to do. Even in your life, I was telling him what to do. They need this, fix it, Lord. They need that, fix it, Lord. I am so grieved with how I have interceded and stepped on my Lord with my own agenda. Verse four. For an angel went down. Wait, 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 wait. We can't go there. Sick people. We are sick people if we don't see that we are not in control. We are blind people because we haven't sought to see him as he is. We are lame because we have literally taken away his ability to act on our behalf. And we are paralyzed by our own perception of what we think he's doing. It, it, it just like hits in your gut and it just turns and it just really is like heavy for me that as I teach this word, I've never taught a heavier word than this because I can see many of us telling God our agendas yes. and that's our center focus is our agenda yes. and our center focus should be the kingdom. So it has nothing to do with what we want. We said we are servants, but we are servants dictating. In a dictatorship, servants dictating. You kicked them out of the house. Then it goes on to the next part for the angel of the... Go ahead. Yes. Verse 4. 
For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Somebody says something? Yeah. Turning against one another. And that's what we do. We turn against one another to get our own desires. Because when he showed me that, he showed me fighting for positions in the job. He showed me fighting to be on top. He showed me fighting in many aspects of my life for what I want. And when somebody else got something because he gave it to them, I got angry. When he showed me paralyzed, he showed me some of you. That you stuck because you only think there's one way to achieve the goal that you're desiring. And you're blinded by your own breath, meaning you're producing nothing. I don't teach words to make you comfortable. I teach words to make sure you see you. Because my desire is to change. And I hope your desire is to change too. If you're comfortable, I ain't teaching right. And if you don't see yourself in the word, then I missed you all together. You're still in you. Go ahead. Question is, how do we get him back into control or that we can Haven't see got him? that far. Okay. Haven't got that far. Got it. Verse 5. John 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already be, had been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? This I love the thought here because this really rocks you too because he's been in the same place 38 years. He never bothered to go to the temple. Why would you stand by a pool? Because some of you guys see it only one way. I'm waiting on God to speak. If you've been sitting in the same place and God ain't speaking, you need to get up and find another way. How would I say this one, Lord? That the people may hear you. He says, I'm always speaking. They have to be willing to hear. Did you guys get that? Yeah. But he's saying, willing to hear something other than what you're already hearing. Do you get it? 
because sometimes we're sitting in the same place because we're looking for him to say something different than what he already said. Exactly. You want to hear what you want to hear. And so you're sitting in the same place because you're looking for something other than what he already said. Oh, I, I repent because that just hit me. That one just hit me. No. So verse 7. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming... Wait, wait, wait. I have no man to put me in the pool when the water stirred up. What do we say here? Nobody helping me? Pastor, don't pray for me. Oh, she tend to everybody else but me. He literally says to me this. Because sometimes I say, Lord, I, I am called to feed them, but who feed me, Lord? Because sometimes I want somebody to feed me, Lord. And he literally said, you have me. But our dependency on others is greater than our dependency on God. Remember what he said to my niece? She has no voice here because you're going to depend upon her and you're never going to rely on me. So I haven't given her a voice for you because you will make her your God. And we've made others gods because our dependency is on others. When we have the ability to hear ourselves, his response was, I have no one to bring me in the pool. So he was depending on somebody to come and help him when he could help himself. So continue. Mm-hmm. So continue verse 7. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said Hold to on. him. Isn't that an excuse? But it don't sound like his, right? We sound a little bit different. Lord, I didn't really know that that's what you want me to do. Well, the person who gave me the instruction wasn't clear. That in Westwell in my spirit. You know how we say that, but that didn't rest well in my spirit. It wasn't supposed to rest well in your spirit. That just means you weren't open to receive. Because when you ask somebody, does that bear witness with you? That didn't rest well with me. Because that means change has to occur. 
And so, because you don't want to change, that didn't rest well with me. And you struggle with it, that lets you know you have to do it. I've learned things don't rest well when you got to do something. And when you really need to do something, it ain't going to bear witness with you. Because it's outside your comfort zone. And when something's outside your comfort zone, it ain't going to register. I ain't doing that. I, my straight words is I ain't doing that. Because it's outside of my comfort zone. I'm good at finding somebody else will do that, but I ain't doing that. Because we don't want to do anything that's uncomfortable. Exactly. Because if it's uncomfortable, God gets the glory. And comfort, he don't get glory. Because you know naturally what to do. Verse 8. Jesus said to him. Uh -uh. He told me to go, while I am coming, another steps in. While I am coming. You guys get that one, right? I get it. It took me a while to say yes to the Lord. And then when I finally decide to do it, somebody else already did it. And then what do we say? Oh, I heard that too. Well, why didn't you say it? Well, I was coming. But you want timely word too. But you don't want to be given timely. I am dialed in. And because I'm dialed in, change is necessary. Because when you're dialed in, God requires change. When you're not dialed in, you don't hear change. You give comfortable messages because you're comfortable. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And so the person asked, what do we do? You need to get up out of the situation and stop doing what you've been accustomed to doing. How do I say it in another way that they get it, Lord? He says, I've been calling you out of the places that you've been resting in for some time. And he just says, will you hear me? He said, will you hear me? He repeats himself. He says, he's waiting on you. He said, rise up out of the places. 
so I speak to the spirit that paralyzes you, that you no longer have authority over them. I speak to the spirit that blinds you, that you're no longer blind. What were the other spirits? I speak to the lame spirit, that you're no longer lame. There was another? Can we just back down? So I speak to sickness, that you are healed in every area of your life. I speak to blindness. You are to go in the name of Jesus. Let sight be in the areas that God has called for. I speak to the lame, that you know the lame. Your assignment has ended over them. I speak to the spirit that will seek to paralyze you. Your assignment also has ended. You are to go from them even now in Jesus' name. And in the places that you have once operated, I ask for a spirit of boldness and power to rest upon you that will elevate you and take you beyond where you are resting. That you're no longer waiting, but you activate the things of God and that you follow through in all things that he's calling forth. In Christ Jesus' name, I pray. And I pray that all of you guys received it because the anointing was on that. Yes. Let's go up a little bit more. Verse 9. And immediately the man was ma made well. So he's literally telling you, you're not waiting to get healed. He's telling you, you're made whole now. So you're, you're not looking for something because some of you would try to go back and sit there. You're not sitting there anymore. You are made whole. You're no longer in this place where you're covered up and masked. You are whole. There's nothing out here you should be afraid of. Because if God is who he says he is, where are you? Keep going took up his bed and walk. The man heard, received, and activated what he heard. He said, you must put in practice what I have spoken to you today. He said, no longer should you dictate, but you should seek my will concerning the things that you are petitioning me for. Let's go further. And that day was the Sabbath. That's it. This is the word of the Lord to you. I pray that each and every one of you received all that God had spoken. I pray those online come and rest upon the, the word of God today. 
and that you find peace in the word and that the word of God may continue to prosper you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. 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 And I, excuse me, amen. <laughs> I took in air as I was saying amen. <laughs>